The Swan Podcast was created for listeners like you. Amazing, unique individuals awakening to their greatest selves. We here at The Swan Podcast want you to walk away with a life-changing experience that helps you grow. We see you out there doing the very best that you can with the lemons life has given you. And we want you to know we love and appreciate you for listening. We will always bring you quality free content that helps you evolve. In exchange, we ask that you like, subscribe, and share with people you know and love. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode episode four of the Swan Podcast, where we educate, empower, and evolve our listeners. Today, we have on a very special guest. Her name is Lori Castillo. She is the entrepreneur that created the entrepreneur Planner, and she's going to get us together today on evolving into entrepreneurship. She's going to give us all her great tips and help you launch your business or level up your business. Hi, Lori. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So I want to start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into entrepreneurship because you weren't always in entrepreneurship, right? Yes, in a way I sort of was. I mean, I come from a background. My parents have owned their own business now for over 43 years. They've gone through you know, survived through recessions and really hard economic times. And so I've always had it in my blood. My grandparents before them were also entrepreneurs. My grandfather owned a um, lawn mowing route that he built up with multiple employees. So it's just, it's in my blood and I feel like I've always been there, but um, it, it came a little bit later after, you know, trying to go through college and getting, you know, educated and doing the right path to things <laughs> like all of us yeah exactly but I think for me it, it once it came it I just knew it was the right thing and I just took off with it starting a business right out of college or right out of yeah right right when I left college I started a business with my now husband um and then it took a, a turn and changed and I ended up going to help a friend build his company and that took off in five years. We built it from nothing but an idea to a seven-figure company with 12 employees. And during that time, it was like, I, I got to do this for myself. <laughs> yeah. And so that's very interesting because we have people that are way older than obviously right out of college that still have fears about starting businesses. So you at that young age already had a mindset of having your own business and can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what does that, because people are like, they're afraid to start a business and you, you just did it like it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was, there was fear behind it. I think, you know, depending on where you're at in life too, the fears can be different. If you are living on your own already, you know, outside of the parent's house and you have bills to pay and things that you have to, you know, be in charge of for your life it's it's a lot harder to just take that leap into entrepreneurship but at that point you do it as a side hustle and you work your side hustle till it becomes your main hustle (laughs) but um for myself i was fortunate enough that at the time i had moved back home um after going to college i moved back home and i had my parents albeit i was still paying you know a car note and i 
had my own things that I had to worry about. So I was still working, but you, it's a fear-based thing that you overcome by just putting the action behind it. And as I put the action behind it and I just kept building my business, it grew to the point where I was able to pay my bills with my business. And there's always a level of fear. And I think my dad has said it best that in his 43 years in business, he's always had fear of like, what if the job stopped coming? Mm-hmm. And they just never did. And as long as he was continuing to hustle, they kept coming in. And sometimes you have to sort of, you know, you might have to work a little harder and other times they come a little bit easier, but getting over that fear, no matter where you're at, it, it's definitely there. And by just putting the action behind it, it sort of minimizes the fear. So like they say, do it with the fear anyways. Exactly. Do it scared. <laughs> do it scared. So one thing is we know that you had those businesses then and you have created the Entrepreneur Planner. You also have other businesses. So tell us about where you are now. Yeah, definitely. So again, going back, I was working with my friend. During that time, my grandmother had passed away. I was really, really close with my grandmother. And when she passed away, she was an avid gardener. Everybody knew her for her iced tea and for her gardening skills. And when she passed away, we really wanted to do something really special for her services. So I came up with this idea of creating a little flower seed packet, which I should have had one out, but we, um, we created these little flower seed packets for her services and people just took to them. And then I posted it on my own personal Etsy page where I would just throw stuff up on there and they started selling, started selling more. And working with my friend, being the operational manager at his company, um, having a newborn, things got crazy because it just started picking up and picking up that I had my sisters come in and start helping me. We turned it into a business, which is called Gloria's Garden. Our grandmother is Gloria. And that after a couple years, grew exponentially where it allowed me to again that was my side hustle and I was doing it coming home every night doing seed packets with the baby while I was still working a full shift and it eventually became to the point where I was able to quit my full-time job and just do the seed packets and that was sort of how the entrepreneur planner came about because I was a mom and an entrepreneur working full-time in my business And I've always been a planner. I've always been somebody that needed that paper planner because like um, science has proven writing things down, it has a better connection with your brain. And I've always done that, but I have gone through so many planners. I mean, I have stacks and stacks of planners because I would start using them and then fall off because it just didn't work for me. And my mother-in-law, who's an avid planner addict, as they call themselves, had started creating planners. And I was like, can you make me one that's like this? And she sort of did, and it worked better for me. But then with my graphic design background, I was like, I can create my own that I really want. And it's not just a calendar, it's everything. And that's what I needed. I wanted something that had a vision board. I wanted something that had notes where I can read a book and have that, those notes in there. And that's how the planner came about. And once I printed it for myself and started sharing it, my friends were like, I want one, I want one. (laughs) That's how businesses are, right? They they birth themselves. So you have these two awesome 
creative ideas that you turned into <laughs> lucrative businesses. And I just want to say out loud that I look up to you as a business owner and a mom and an entrepreneur. I have my entrepreneur planner right here, has tabs and notes. And that's, how, that's how much I use it that I put like post-its I can go, go back. But with that being said, you, I'm sure, meet a lot of other entrepreneurs, and they come to you with different issues and problems that they're facing. And today we're talking about evolving as an entrepreneur. So I want this episode to be to help the person that is feeling like they can't really like balance their life or on they're on a budget or they their business is struggling. So my question for you is what are some problems that you see people come to you with as moms and entrepreneurs that you, um, what tips would you give them to help with those problems? Yeah, so that's sort of a two-part question. So the first thing is like, what do I see these mom entrepreneurs coming to me most of the time? And to be honest, it's not just mom entrepreneurs, but they're, I like to call us a special breed because we, <laughs> being a mom and an entrepreneur is just two full-time jobs in itself. But the number one thing that I see people come to me with is time management. I just don't have the time. I'm dealing with the kids, I have the household, I have my own, you know, a lot of people are still working a full-time job or if their business is their full-time job, they're working in it instead of on it. Mm -hmm. And so they just don't have that time to work on it. And so the biggest thing is that time management or that idea of time management and productivity. And my number one response to that is that it's actually not time. It's not time. It has nothing to do with time. It has everything to do with priorities. Everything to do with priorities. That's and so, so true. It's not time, honey. It's priorities. Some yeah. people are going to hear that and be like, oh, yeah, my heart, because it's true. <laughs> it is true. And one thing, one little tip that I have is the next time you say, I don't have time, just turn that into, that's not a priority for me. And see how that hits you. Mm -hmm. Because when you start saying like, oh, I don't have time for X, Y, Z, and you turn that into, that's just not a priority, or X, Y, Z is not a priority for me, like you're, that's gonna hit you at a whole other level. And so even now when I speak, if I talk to people and I say, like, man, I just don't have the time to do that, I know in my brain, it's not the time. And so I've trained myself to not even say that anymore because I know it's not the time, it's the priorities that we put in place. So that's the biggest problem that I see people come to me with. And so the one thing I say is, write down your priorities. Like what are your five top priorities in life? That might be your family. For me, it's my husband, my children, and then my business. And then being able to spend time with my, you know, my family, my parents, my sisters. And that those are my priorities. That's what's important to me. Growing my business is on there. And so when I look at like being the team mom of my son's t-ball because being a you know type a personality i always want to like especially if you're an entrepreneur a lot of times you are a type a personality you think you can do it better than most people so you always are volunteering you're always giving up your time to do those things but when you set your priorities um it just gives you a different perspective so that is the number number one thing is like it's not time it is your priorities and once you get those in line in your brain it changes so much and it puts you on a completely different trajectory where you do have the time because now you're, you've made it a priority. So now I'm gonna be annoying with my question. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is going to seem like an obvious question, but 
Um, this is just because I've I've struggled with this actually myself. When I try to sit down and prioritize everything, a, a couple of things end up being linear, like right next to each other where I'm like, these are all yeah. a priority in my mind. So I end up feeling overwhelmed and I don't necessarily get to what was really a priority. So like, do you have any guidance on like how you could if, because sometimes we label everything as important in our minds. Yeah. So what I like to tell people is if everything is a priority, then nothing is. Right. And if you, um, what I do to really, what I've done to really hone in and focus on my priorities is I'm a bit, a big advocate of having a vision board and putting it everywhere. So if you start with your vision, like what is it that you really want in life and you lay out that vision, you're going to begin to see the things that are a priority to you. When I lay out my vision board, I see what I want my family to look like. I see what I want my businesses to look like. I see what I want my life in general to look like. And all of those things, you know, they encompass the priorities in my life. And so if you start with a vision board and start with your goals, you can really sit down and see what these priorities are. But again, if everything's a priority to you, if cleaning your house is a priority and doing, you know, X, Y, Z, or, you know, being the lead on every project that comes your way or you volunteering for everything, if all of that is a priority, nothing is really. You also have to discipline yourself. This is a huge discipline act that you have to learn how to say no. Because a lot of us are yes people and we like to just say yes. And I like to call it like, what's the opportunity cost of saying yes? You know, if you took economics 101, you know that there's opportunity cost with everything. If you say yes, what are you saying no to? Wait, let me write that down. What is the opportunity (laughs) cost of saying yes? And I have an entire blog article on my website about the opportunity cost of saying yes. Oh my gosh, that's deep. Yeah, because it's true. Every time you say, you know, they say nothing's free in life because everything has some type of consequential background part to it. And so when you say yes to being, um, you know, lead on a project or volunteering for something, even if it's to plan a party, you know, we're all like, oh, I want to party for my you know cousin's cousin or whoever or a baby shower or whatever when you I love planning parties so to me that's fun so I always volunteer I'm the first one to be like oh do it it's fun you know oh you need invites I can design the invites you need this I can do it but taking a step back and you say is that in line with my priorities how is that helping me build my business that helping me improve my family life how is that helping me you know create this life that I want and when you start realizing that you realize well if I say yes and I'm doing these birthday parties and these type of things what am I saying no to well I'm spending the time on that that I could be spending on my business or that I could be spending building my family you know life or whatever the case is for us our goal is to you know be able to travel in our RV and take our business with us and how is that helping me up level our RV to the next you know stage up or how is that helping me get my business to a point where I can do that it's not so now I have to say no and it's hard because it's fun those are the things that I love doing and sometimes you can but again and if you really want these things in life you have to be able to know your priorities and stick to them so starting with that vision board and then 
breaking it down to the point where you can really pinpoint your priorities is huge. That's true. And also it's a, that's a good point now that we're in COVID because um, I know as moms, we go through this all the time where we want to clean up. And I went through that because I love cleaning up and I love everything to be clean. I feel like I work better, but I had to prioritize it. I even had to say, okay, you can clean up for 10 minutes after you do this or whatever. And even it's taught me to even keep things cleaner because I know that it's not a priority to clean up your, your, that's that's your priority. So I know people are going through that because once if you're at home, you're like, Oh, I'm at home. So now I can do all my, my spring cleaning. And which is a good point because we're going to talk a little bit about, um, finances because people are at home and they're deciding maybe for the first time to either up-level their business, start a business, or just um, get their finances in order, save money, whatever the case may be. So um, give us your expertise on that. Cause I know with you starting these businesses, turning them into six and seven figure businesses, um, we have to do the money talk. We have to. Oh, definitely. But to just go back to what you were saying about the cleaning, I get it because I like could not work or could not focus if there was dishes in my sink or if things were not in order. And that is actually a a procrastination thing that you put in place to sort of feed to your fears of starting a business or working on your business. It's a fear-based thing. And um, there's a poem out there. And if you just look it up on Google, it's called Dust If You Must. And it's basically saying like, dust if you must, all this stuff, all of the dust is still gonna be there no matter what. And at the end of life, you're gonna turn into dust. So- Oh, wow. But it's saying go out and enjoy life. Like do the things that oh you're- Oh my gosh. Because, you know, it, it just, it's very powerful. But two, to that extent, um, JK Rowling, who is the, um, she is the author behind the whole Harry Potter sil- series. She is a billion dollar, be with, you know, billion with a B dollar author, which is very hard to do these days with technology. It is hard to sell books. And so she is a billion dollar author behind this series. She, some in an interview once, somebody asked her like, how did you raise kids and write a book while still working and, you know, managing a household? She's just like, I lived in squalor for four years. <laughs> like I didn't clean basically. And that goes back to priorities because she made writing her book a priority and not cleaning her house. And now she, you know, in retrospect, probably has people cleaning her house for her. And, and, you know, it's about being uncomfortable for a certain amount of time just to get to where you want to go. But she made it a priority. And so that has always stuck with me. So I like it. I'll come to my office to record videos (laughs) because my house is a mess because (laughs) my business is a priority. And even as hard as it was to get past that whole ideal of I have to clean to be able to think, I've had to do it. And now I have a new baby. He's four months. So I've all, that's also aided to that. <laughs> I just clean this corner. I'm like, listen, yeah. <laughs> this exactly. is the corner that's getting cleaned. <laughs> exactly. But once you have your priorities straight, you're able to set your mind apart. And then, like you said, too, if you clean it and then just work on that 10 minutes a day, you know, that it makes it easier too. It gets my little fix, you know, kind of like. Exactly. But anyway, that's just my whole take on (laughs) I know. That's my whole take on that. You just have to, it all ties back to priorities. So, but to answer your next question in terms of finances, 
Everybody knows, like one of the cardinal rules of business is keep your personal and your business finances separate. Mm -hmm. And that's number one. And most people get that and they do that right off the bat. Um, if you're in a business and you haven't yet, this is your, you know, one. Do it now. <laughs> do it now. Um, but one of the things that I tell people all of the time is that your personal finances are key. And everybody will say like, what do my personal finances have anything to do with my business? And I'm here to say they have everything to do with your business because it's not so much your finances in a sense. What it is is the skills that you learn to manage your personal finances. That is what carries over to your business finances. And if you don't have those skills in place and if you don't have your personal finances in order, they will eventually bleed and that will eventually bleed into your business. and it's like failing forward because you're moving, you're going, your business is growing. But if you don't have those financial um, key things in place, it's eventually like shit will eventually hit the fan. <laughs> what if someone says, okay, I don't have money. Like my business isn't really bringing any money in. So um, how do you, how do I separate this money that such a little bit of the money is coming in. I mean, I mean, I know they have other issues if their business isn't. Yeah, <laughs> if your business, yeah, if your business. But, but, but I mean, a lot of startups don't. A lot of right. startups don't have the cash flow, especially if you're starting like a podcast, let's say, like this. Like you're not, you don't have the sponsors yet because you have to build it. But maybe you're putting money out there for branding and things like that. Right. Their expenses are still going out, and even if they're coming from your personal account, they still have to be accounted for. Right. So you still have to have that accounting in place because you have to know, especially come tax season, when you're going to account for this business with taxes, what are you paying out for it? You know, it might not be bringing in money, but you're definitely putting money out there. Um, so you're, but again, going back, when I started my first business, I did not have any financial skills. I had credit cards, I, you know, it, things were tough and we had a recession and I lost my job, my full-time job. So I was, you know, I had a car note. I started falling even further behind and further behind. I did not have those skills in place. In 2010, 2011, my parents got introduced to Dave Ramsey, who's a huge financial guru. And I like to say, like, I always looked up to my parents because they always seemed to have their stuff together. But in reality, what they explained to us was they really didn't have the financial um, skills in place. They would spend money when they had it and they would, you know, scale back when they didn't. So when they got introduced to Dave Ramsey, they put me and my siblings all through it. And that was probably the biggest blessing because although my businesses did well, financially, they just didn't seem to add up. I was just, the money was coming in and I was spending it. I didn't pay myself correctly. I didn't have it set up correctly. And once I got my personal finances in order, at that time I had just switched over and started helping my friend with his business. And I was able to tell him, here's, you know, what we have to do. This is how we have to set up the finances. And he was not good with money. So by me helping him, that set that business off on such a good foot that we had started the accounting process right from the beginning. And that's one of the big things that when I look back and I say like, how did I help this business really succeed? That's one of the biggest things was that we started it off financially in a, in a good place. And 
We never took out credit for that company. Um, we paid everything cash. I mean, when I left there, we had 12 employees. I had five trucks. It was a plumbing company. So there was five trucks that we pretty much paid for all of them cash. In the end, when we were buying newer trucks, they were leased but or, um, purchased. But those are things that when you start off financially, correct that's what's going to you know get you started on the right foot so if you are a new business owner or if you're somebody who has a business take an educated step back you know like take a step back and really evaluate your situation from an outside perspective like do you have your finances in order do you have your accounting set up correctly um so those are you know if you're just starting out get it set up right from the beginning so it's not something right. you have to worry about later on well you touched on a couple of things that um we have to go back to yes. so the so first okay i'm company a just getting started my whatever business I go get a separate business account and personal account. Now you said pay yourself. And I, the reason I wanted to talk about that is because my last episode was on scarcity mindset. And being a person that comes from poverty, I never had the mindset of paying myself when I had a business. I would just spend all the money. Like whatever was left was I guess my treat. <laughs> like for having some money left, like the bills are paid. I was able to buy groceries hey, I can get Starbucks tomorrow, <laughs> right? Like that yeah. was always like a, a, an incentive to, and I never had in my mind, number one, that things were separate, especially because I was the business. I was the person providing the services. So the money just was for the bills to me. And I didn't have in my mind to pay myself. So if someone has a business and they have money coming in, how do they calculate that? Or how do they figure that out to know to pay themselves first or save first, or, you know, you, you mentioned Dave Ramsey, which a lot of people may or may not know about, but what does that actually look like in a real life example? Like I get paid from these customers. I have $2,000 coming in a month. How do I know what to pay myself? Yeah. So when you're looking at, you know, it, it's, it'd probably take a lot more than this podcast. Too. I know, I know. Because then you're going to get into like pricing for profit. You need to mm -hmm. make sure that number one, your pricing is correct. How do you know your pricing is correct? Well, it's knowing what is your cost of goods sold? What are your operating expenses? And then do you have a built-in profit margin on top of that? What do you want to pay yourself? You know, you have to take out all of those things and then include that ideal profit margin, which for most people, it's anywhere between 10 to 20%. And you add that sort of on top of it. And once you get your pricing correct, your pay is included in there. So pricing and starts from your expenses. Correct, yeah. You start with the idea of what does this, like when I'm talking about my seed packets, what does one seed packet cost me? You know, if you're a service-based business, it's a little bit different. Um, in the plumbing world, we would call it wrench time. Like what is my wrench time? What is the time from the time I get to starting the work to me finishing the work? What time is that? But then you also have to consider the prep time. So while your wrench time might be 50% of the day, while your actual work time might be 50% of the day, the other 50% of your day is prepping for that, you know, drive time, those type of things. So if you're a service-based business, it does look a little bit different, but it all starts with those expenses. And once you figure out your expenses, you add what you wanna pay, you know, your operational costs, which might be your website, things like that. Um, and then on top of that and your pay, then you add your um, 
your profit margin. And then you take a step back and you say like, okay, is this realistic now? Mm-hmm. You know, does that price of that one seed packet, is that realistic to the, you know, what's already out there? For me, there weren't a lot of people selling seed packets, so it was different. You might be somebody new in the industry. Um, but comparing it to the quote unquote competition, how do you fare? Um, but if you can stand out in a market, maybe you can be a little bit expensive, but um, starting with your pricing first and then you know, adding your pay in there and then being strict with your pay, you only get this pay, this amount. You don't take anything else. The rest stays in the business. That's to help the business grow. And I always talk about, you know, being a solopreneur. When you're doing business by yourself, you have to be disciplined because the goal is to get to that, you know, build your business. And a lot of people with their businesses, it's to get to that first hire. And sometimes in some businesses, it's not even to get to a hire. It's just to be able to outsource. Um, But how do you bridge that gap? And that gap, the biggest part of it is having your finances in order it's having that built-in you know cost already included in there and the way that you do that and I've, I've talked to you about this before is you start with an operational hierarchy it's sort of like a vision board for your business so you ask yourself what if I were to grow my business in five to 10 years, what do I want my business to look like? Like, what would the positions in my business look like? Start with yourself as the CEO on top, or maybe you don't wanna be the CEO. You start with that position, you just put all the titles. So marketing department, you have your you know marketing manager, you have your art department, or whatever it is. You add in all of those things. You add in salespeople, you create this hierarchy. And then in the beginning, you say like, okay, so what roles do you play? Your name's gonna be on all of them because you're a solopreneur. <laughs> But then as time goes on, it's like, which of those can you outsource? Now, including what you would have to pay for them in your pricing in the beginning is sort of key because you want to be able to build up to that. So once you get to that point, you can say, okay, now I can outsource, you know, that Pinterest marketer for my business that cost me three to $500 a month. Now I can pay them because it's already embedded in the cost and I wouldn't have to take it out of my pay. I can just add that cost into the business because I'm making enough for that now. So that's major because most people go, okay, I'm going to charge you a hundred bucks because it's me doing it. Yeah. They didn't do any calculations and no. then they burn themselves out and they're like, no, this is worth a thousand dollars. And it's like, okay, we can't make that jump with you because you just yeah. decided that now you got a team. <laughs> yeah. So what you said is actually huge. They burn themselves out. And that comes to another topic that I always talk about, which is the E-Trap or, you know, a a book that I like to bring up. It's called The E-Myth. And it is the entrepreneurial myth that people start a business because they know how to, in the the book itself, he talks about um, a lady who bakes pies. And she starts a business because she likes to bake pies. And what people don't realize is, is just because you know how to bake pies doesn't mean you know how to run a business. Right. And so you get caught up in this day to day where you're just like, you're having to bake pies and do all this other stuff and you get burnt out because you just thought you were going to be baking pies all day and it was going to be all, you know, fun and games, but you end up getting completely burnt out in doing these day to day tasks because where your joy of baking pies was before, it's not there anymore because now you are just completely 
burnt out. And I call that the E-trap. When you're in that burnout phase, you're just in this trap of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm Who done. Who is the author of the E-myth? Um, I don't think I ever know. Let me see. I always I'll plug, I'll plug it in the, um, I'll plug it in the caption, the YouTube caption. Okay. His name is Michael Gerber. Oh, okay. I forgot. Michael Gerber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great book. And anybody starting a business, if you are an entrepreneur that's just starting out, or if you feel like you're in that e-trap, I highly recommend reading that book. It is huge. And a big part of that is starting with that operational hierarchy and breaking it down. But also, it's about creating a systems-based business. And Every business, no matter how small, should be a systems-based business. And what I, when I say systems-based business, what I mean is that you can either have a, a person-based business where the business completely relies on that person. And if they die, the business goes with it. Yep. A systems-based business can operate no matter who's working it. And the biggest example of a systems-based business is McDonald's. Yep. And there is an awesome movie I think you actually told me about it. Oh, the founder? Founder. Such yes. a good movie. And that that just shows how important a systems-based business is where anybody can do it. I mean, anybody can flip a burger, but when you have a system behind it that's so, so finely tuned, you create a path where it can grow. And that's, you know, a big part of getting out of the E-Myth is like, well, I don't need to create a system because it's me. I'm doing it's it right me, now. Right. It's just me. Like I'm I the system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the system. I know how to do these tasks. I know how to set this up. I know how to do that. But when you start creating the systems behind those tasks, then you'll be able to visualize a lot easier how you bridge that gap between being a solopreneur and actually being an entrepreneur with a business that is heading into the right direction. Um, and one of the things that it had always been hard for me to admit was when I left my friend's company, I left there and I was a bit bitter. I was very, um, like I helped him build this company and you know, I always thought, oh, when I walk away, like the business is going to crumble without me. It's going to crumble without me because I was the business. I did everything for that company. And later, uh, you know, I realized, it's not going to crumble without me. It is you created going, the systems. <laughs> it's going to continue on just fine without me because any person who is an employee, when you leave, you have this mindset that that business depends on you because mm -hmm. that gives you like this power, I guess. Um, and so leaving there, I just felt like this is going to crumble without me. But after I realized like, no, it's actually going to do just fine without me. Why is it gonna do just fine? Because I created all of the systems. I created the accounting system. I created the marketing system. I created the employee onboarding. I created the payroll system. I created every single system within that company and trained people to do it and started hiring other people to do it. The CRM system, you know, like I created all of that so we could hire people, teach them based off of the system notes that I created and they could just do it. And that's the idea of a systems-based business. And that is one of the biggest reasons why we were able to take that company from nothing but an idea to a seven-figure company in five short years because we created these systems that allowed us to get to that next step. And we created the systems before we even had the people. Right, that's And that's, 
that's the biggest part is when you're starting out and you want a business to grow, you have to create those systems. Yeah, you can't wait for the customers to come and then create (laughs) systems when they're already there. You got to sort of do it at the same time. You know, you're creating the systems as as you're growing the business. One of those systems was our customer service systems. How do I answer the phones? How do, you know, I dispatch technicians? How do I do follow-ups? Those are all systems within the business, you know? How do we clean the office? That's a system. How do the technicians clean their trucks? That was a system. How do, you know, we make sure to keep a good presentation? These are all systems that if you think of them as gears, when working together in unison is what is able to grow a business and so starting with that operational hierarchy when you're just by yourself and then giving everything a title and then going on from there and creating systems out of each of those is is what helps you bridge that gap from just being an idea to starting the formation of a business yeah and i'm really big on empowerment so i always like to talk about the things that people struggle with internally um and i think when it comes to the systems i know for myself personally it's the shame that you don't have systems that makes you not reach out for help because when it's just you, you're only being accountable to yourself, right? So nobody knows that <laughs> everything is just being freestyle. Like there's yeah. no, I remember when I brought on my assistant, <laughs> I I kind of was ashamed that I didn't have anything like to teach him for what I had been doing. It was kind of like, uh, this is just kind of what I do. And having, that person made me, like you said, have to create a system because he couldn't read my mind. Like there's no way he could know what I have been doing this whole entire time. A bit like, so people have to, so my point was that for people to not be like afraid, cause if you've been running your business for 10 years by yourself and you don't really have any systems and you kinda, I, like I said, like I've worked at places where the owner would come and go in the cash register, <laughs> grab some yeah. money out, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so it's like that getting over that um, ego a little bit of letting someone else in to see what's going on behind closed doors, even to look at your finances and all of that stuff. There's a lot of pride and sometimes shame that's involved with being a business owner and getting the support that you need. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that has always held me back is my my parents, even though they've owned their company for 43 years, it was always hard for my dad to want to hire people because he always felt like somebody was going to just take the idea and run with it. And my brother is now taking over the company from my dad and my sister works in the business as well. And now I've realized that it's not, my my dad's been in business for 43 years. He knows more about that industry and than anybody. And so, yeah, somebody can come and take your, you know, idea or your process of how you do things, but they can't ever take away your knowledge. They can't ever take that away. But when you create a systems-based model, you have these minute job functions, you know? Well, they can do this, but you don't have to give them everything. They don't have to do everything. They just know this one part of it. And so for a lot of people, it is hard because you have that fear that someone's just going to come and take it over, you know? Or you you have a fear that it's going to cost you more. I know people that are like, oh, I have to do payroll now or whatever is the, in their mind. Like you said, with the dishes thing, it's a procrastination. It is. Because you're just finding something in your mind to keep yourself tied to those old habits. And you're just like, I'm sure if I hire somebody, they're going to take me out. But that's where, you know, planning comes into place. If you know that your idea is to eventually hire somebody, 
you should also know that if you're paying that person on payroll at an hourly wage, you know, if they're like an in-house worker and not a freelance, you know, 1099 worker, um, you have to also account for taxes. And so, you know, there's a rule of thumb where you, you account 15 to 20% over what you're paying for them just to cover the taxes, the disability insurance and all of those other taxes, especially if you're in California, they're like ridiculous, <laughs> but you have to account for them. So if you say, okay, I'm going to pay this person $15 an hour, you're really paying them 15 to 20% on top of that. So that number is what you have to account for in your business accounting. And that is really how you bridge the gap. So once you do your operational hierarchy and you decide, okay, what are the things that I can outsource or what are the things that I can hire somebody for? Um, you know, maybe it's somebody answering the phones. Okay, well, I'm going to have to pay them $15 an hour. The total cost is going to be, let's say 20% over that. So I'm going to start accounting for that in my, in my finances. And once I get to the point where I feel comfortable enough where I can cover it, then you hire somebody. Right. And that's how you get to that point. So on the point of pricing also, and this has happened to me before too, where when you do do that and you price things out, you're like, shoot, my product or my service is going to be a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And that can scare you a little bit. And it has a lot to do with like self-worth and your value, what you feel Not like you enough. deserve. Yeah, your exactly. imposter syndrome, all that stuff comes up because you're like, shoot, this service costs a thousand dollars, you know, and you've never charged someone a thousand dollars for something, if, yeah. especially if you're just starting out. So, and if you're just starting out, you might feel like I'm just starting out. So how can I charge a thousand dollars for this? And I haven't proven my value yet. So people sh probably yeah. struggle with that mentally. Oh, it's a huge struggle. And I, I've dealt with that struggle and I still deal with that struggle sometimes because you feel like you said, it's like imposter syndrome. Like for me, when it comes to planning and time management and organization, I've always felt like what I have to share is just common knowledge. Like everybody knows this already. But the truth is, even though they might know it to some extent, they really don't have the tools to utilize that knowledge. They don't have the things that I've learned or have developed that I can share. And so we always undercut our value because of that. We always think, you know, I'm just not, it's just not worth it to people. But one of the things that I always trained my technicians about when I, in the plumbing industry was, don't ever put your pocket value on somebody else's. Like just right. because you can't afford it doesn't mean that it's not worth it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, when I was doing like invitations and party stuff, to me, I can bust out an invite in like five minutes flat that looks amazing. Something that you would buy off of Etsy or, you know, like see at a really fancy party. I can, I can create it in five minutes. For me, it's like, oh, it's five minutes. But to somebody else who doesn't have the skills that I have, it would take them hours and it probably wouldn't look anything like what I can create. So that's where the value comes in. And you have to be able to have the, the value built for somebody, you know, to be able to see the worthiness of the price. But it also, there's a customer for everybody, you know, and somebody may or may not be your customer, but having that value built behind it to get past the fear, it's, understanding that what you have to say or what the products that you have people do need and, and just offer the value because you might know that you're not offering enough value exactly and to that that can take you on a whole other tangent of who's your customer right who is that customer and one of the things that I actually I do a Mompreneur Monday video series and 
one of the things that I just shared is, what are you really selling? And so many people, when they start a business, they say, I'm selling this product, you know, like, oh, I'm starting a, a bakery. I sell cupcakes and I sell cakes. No, you don't sell cupcakes. You don't sell cakes. You sell happiness. You sell celebration. You sell indulgence. That's what you sell. You know, you think about it like a flight, you know, a flight to Hawaii or a flight to some exotic location. It's not about the flight. You know, you're not worrying about what the flight is going to look like. You're worrying about the destination or not worrying about it, but you're excited about the destination. So what is the benefit that you give to customers? What is the, the pain point that you're relieving for them? That's what you sell. Right. You know, like they say, Apple doesn't sell MacBooks and iPads. Apple sells a cooler self-image. Mm -hmm. You know, Disneyland doesn't sell awesome, you know, theme park rides. Disneyland sells a happy family experience. So what are you really selling? You have yeah. to, you have to understand that from the get go. For me, for the Entrepreneur Planner, it's about knowing who my customer is. My customer is somebody just like me, who is a mom, an entrepreneur, trying to juggle having babies and dealing with school and all this, all this stuff. And I always like to say, like I said in the beginning, being a mom entrepreneur is a different breed because not only do you have to worry about every detail it comes to being an entrepreneur, you also have to worry about every detail it comes to your household, your kids, you know, does my right. son have enough lunch money in his account? Does, you know, our uniforms clean for Monday for school? Like you have to worry about all this other stuff. I like when you say you cringe at the word uh, balance. I do. I, <laughs> you know, growing, and this comes from me growing up with my parents being entrepreneurs is that when you think of balance, you think of the scale and you're either going to lean this way or lean this way. And the truth of the matter is, is that everybody's looking for balance and that is so hard to find. And then you just cut yourself short because you're looking for this unicorn. You're looking for this really magical place that is so hard to find. And that's why I cringe at it because I think like, like it's so- It has to be perfect condition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you. what I like to say is it's about a healthy integration and integration is like this intertwinedness, you know, like, bringing your kids in with your work. And it's a good thing because growing up in an entrepreneurial household, we would go do jobs with my parents. Like, and it was fun because we got to spend time with my parents, but it wasn't until years later now that I can see what I learned from it. I learned hard work. I learned discipline. I learned dedication. I learned consistency. I learned all of these things from doing it with my parents because they integrated business with family. I remember my dad, he would have to go do jobs in LA all the time. And he would say, you know, come with me, whoever is going to be my car dummy. Cause you know, we'd have to ride, we'd have to ride the carpool lane. He'd want to ride the carpool lane, uh -huh. too much traffic. He said, who wants to be my carpool dummy? And we would volunteer because we knew that it meant we would get a treat on the way there. And on the way back, we'd stop by like 7-Eleven and we'd get a Slurpee or candy or chips or whatever. And that was always like a big deal. But in retrospect, it, it was so much more than that, that we probably knew at the time, but didn't realize mm -hmm. was that we got to spend the time with our parents to do those things. And we had conversations with them that were one-on-one -on -one conversations. Being one of four kids, you know, that time alone with my dad was important or being home with my mom was important. And so having that healthy integration is what you should strive for, not mm -hmm. balance. 
that's that's true. Why, that's why I cringe at that. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect way to segue us to start talking about the planner because I use the planner so, so much. My plan, my planner from 2019 has actually merged with my planner from 2020. <laughs> you guys don't know, you can take the pages out. So I've even transferred things over, changed things, and even like reprioritize what I thought I wanted. I'm like, now I look and I'm like, okay, this looks a little bit different for me right now. So talk a little bit about your resources and tools that you offer, where we can find you, the planner, all that good stuff. It's all you. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely is a good segue because my planner, one of the things that was so hard before with using other planners, which I've used so many planners and they're all amazing in their own right, but it just wasn't what I needed because I am an entrepreneur and a mom and I have these two things that I'm trying to integrate and these planners are so pretty and they're very decorative with flowers and stuff, but they would have these like very specific like titles on it. Like mm -hmm. in this section, you have to write this. All the prompts. And yeah. yeah. And it's great, but sometimes I wouldn't need to write that. And then I would feel guilty for not writing it. So then like with anything that you feel guilty about, you sort of just dust it under the rug. <laughs> right. You're like, so one of the go big there. Things, yeah. One of the big things of my planner was not including a lot of facilitated headlines. I wanted to sort of leave that out so people can sort of make it what they want to make it. And when I say people, I didn't create it for anybody but myself. I know that sounds selfish, but <laughs> I was, I had myself and what I wanted in my mind. And for me, it was creating something that I didn't have to write stuff. And so the daily pages are really big columns and you just open make space. Open space. It helps me so much. Yeah, and to the point that you said, one of the biggest things that I wanted to include was that you can take out the pages and rearrange them and make them your own. So it is a disbound system where you can do that. Um, but the planner well, is- I'll hold mine up. I took my, I take my disc off sometimes. So mine's is missing one. Oh no. So people, so people know what we're, I didn't want to show all my business of what I'm doing today, but just yeah. so people have a visual. Yeah, no, I- I can show one of the pages that are not so much in use, but they're just big columns and you just sort of make it your own. And um, that's just the planner section of it. You know, right. then in the meeting, I have the vision board section, which leads you to your goals. And then your goals lead you to your action items. I have a brain dump section. So in we the get back. through it a little bit at a time. Yeah, in the back, there's a section for being an entrepreneur, you know, your social media or blog post ideas or podcast ideas. Um, there's just a lot in it. There's a password keeper in it. And that was what I wanted. Something where it's all in one place. I don't have a password book with the planner and right. notes. And I just wanted it all in one place. And so that was the really um, big idea behind my planner and how or why I created it. So <laughs> it's um, on my website. So my website is momtrepreneurplanner. I know that's hard to spell sometimes for Google, but just think entrepreneur, take out the E-N and put a mom. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's momtrepreneurplanner.com. Um, and one of the big things that I post on there that I did was when I started it, it was just the planner. I was selling a planner. But in the last few years, it has evolved into something so much bigger than that. It's a community. Um, it really is a community of women who have come to me needing help about these things like time management, up-leveling your business, um, organize, uh, organizing their lives, uh, just every little topic in between when you are an entrepreneur and you have these pain points, 
that's what I'm working towards now. So um, in the very near future, I'm actually launching a um, mentorship side of it where being, in, being a small business owner, I always wanted the help. I always wanted a mentor or a business coach, but in the very early stages, sometimes it's hard to afford that. So my idea is to help those small business owners by instead of having one-on-one -on -one coaching, I found something that's a lot more valuable actually, where you get my knowledge and my expertise, but in a networking type environment where it's more than one person, which allows the cost to be a lot lower. But now you have other people that you can learn from and grow with. So that is in the works right now and should be launching in the next couple months. And so that's also on the website. Um, it's still in the works though, but these are all things that I think people in general, not just mom entrepreneurs need help with. You need help with time management. So um, those pain points though are listed on the website. All my blog articles are attached to each of those that will help. Yes, you have a lot of free things that people can take advantage of right now. Yeah. Check out your blog. Your Entrepreneur Monday posts are great. I did see your last post. Um, it was really good. <laughs> Even though I am always, in my mind, you're a mentor to me. So all of this information is always like, yes, Lori, yes. <laughs> but for other people, you know, that may be just even thinking about starting a business, if, even just looking at the Entrepreneur Monday videos on IG will get you through a lot of the challenges that you have. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say next, is like, I, I'm mostly on Instagram. That's my platform of choice, I guess you can say. So a lot of my free information and knowledge, I also started doing swipe posts. So I'm including a lot of free information in there on just like how I got to where I'm at now in the level of success that I feel like I've achieved. Um, just little things that have just helped me get to that point. I also talk about your mindset, which is something that you and I have connected over, is just yes. getting your mind in the right place from all of these things that hold you back. I had so many chains weighing me down before that were stupid. Yeah, they're invisible oh, though. You you just they think are. it's part of you. Yes, and you don't realize it sometimes until you start to do that mindfulness work that you realize like, why am I letting this hold me back? And um, so that's another pain point that I that I talk about um, and share information on as well. So it's all there and I'm happy to, you know, on Instagram, I, I connect directly. And so people will DM me all the time and I'm in touch on there. So it's it's fun to me. This is exciting. And it's that's my passion is helping specifically mom entrepreneurs, but just entrepreneurs in general get to that next level, bridge that gap and take you know, full charge of an actual business and not just a hobby. And I have to say, just from us, our friendship over the time, and I just feel like this has to be said for anybody, is that prior to us developing our friendship and talking about business and stuff together, I never really had friends that I could talk about money with or business with or the, things like that. So even being a part of that community, which I'm a part of the community, <laughs> I feel, I feel like it takes down that veil of the way we look at our friendships and our networks of, because sometimes your network is usually like the person that, hey, how are the kids doing? How's everything doing? And you're like, everything's great, you know? And you're not ever going into, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed about my business. Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed with my personal finances. You're never going into that with those people for whatever reason. Maybe it's just not their business, to be quite frank. But to have 
a different type of friendship, I think, is what people have to kind of bridge the gap. Because I know in my mind, I, I've always kept my friends at almost like arm's length when it came to my personal business. And I think that they may, I'm not going to say I wasn't successful, but for them, I was successful. They never knew the challenges that I was having as an entrepreneur. They, and yeah. frankly, they wouldn't even understand. A lot of them had jobs. So exactly. they wouldn't <laughs> exactly. be able to relate if I told them. They'd be like, oh, but you're doing good, right? I'm like... I'm about to die. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> that sort of comes full circle because that sort of brings you back to the idea of priorities. And even your social circles have to be a priority. And when we first started talking a few years back, I was in the process of changing my social circles to, you know, we grow up with our family unit. And to me, my family is everything. Their opinions are everything or were everything. And that's the key. And you rely so heavily on what they think. And once you really start realizing your priorities and what you want, and you realize that they might not align with your family's ideals or, you know, that's where, all? that whole, yeah, <laughs> that starts to hold you back. I have two of my best girlfriends that I love with all my heart. We've been friends for 30 plus years and they both work full-time jobs. They don't have the entrepreneurial mindset that I have. So I always felt held back in a sense, but it was not them. It had nothing to do with them. It was right. all to do with me. But yes, they say that you are the five most people that you hang out with. So who do I want to be? Do I want to be, not to say that my family or my friends are bad in any way, but do I want to be where they're at? The answer was no, I don't want to work my tail off you know, the rest of my life for somebody else. I want to build something for myself. And that's where it's hard. It is so hard to, you know, separate the two. Because you feel like, bad. You feel guilty. You mm -hmm. feel bad. I still love my girlfriends. I still am. I want to say I'm with my family every day, but in quarantine, we're not at all together. <laughs> right. I, I love my family. We do everything together. I love my sisters who I own my other company with and we do everything. We manage it. Everything's, you know, good to that extent, but I am a different breed and I just think at a different level. I think it in a different way. And, and it's better to say a different way than a different level because they're on their own, you know, journey. Everybody is. And I just think differently. And so when you start surrounding yourself with people that think the same way you do, you sort of take yourself to a higher level. And that's where I, in your own right, you take yourself to a higher level. Right. And that's where like our friendship has blossomed because when we talk business, like other people will be like, okay, Lori, stop talking about business. <laughs> I and know, like, can we just exciting. talk about something else? <laughs> yeah, and to me, that's exciting. Like this conversation that we're having right now is so powerful to me because this is what my passion is. And it's fun to talk about this. I will talk about this on vacation. I will talk about this 24-7, yes. Yeah. And because it's exciting to me. And to other people, they're like, Let's talk about what's going on right now. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about, you know, the Kardashians. Let's right. talk about all this. And to me, I'm like, at, so finding your, your circle of people and your community that you can share this with is- That's so important. It is. And so the community that, of women that I've built um, or have helped, helped me build this is huge to me. And being able to communicate with them and stay in contact and uplift each other that's 
really, really big for me. And yeah, so if you're out there and you're looking for that community, that's for you because I think that so many, I used to be this person where I would be like complaining. I'd be like, oh, I'm talking to my sister. She doesn't want to hear about my business or I'm talking to my mom and she doesn't want to hear about my business. And when we start to label those people as haters and like they, and that's not what it is at all. You just got to find your tribe. Exactly. Like I now have the best relationship that I've ever had with my family. I have, you know, an amazing relationship with my friends. I keep them separate. I keep them separate. I mean, they know what I'm doing and they all support me and I appreciate it. But as far as like business goes, I'm not going to jump down their throats with business anymore when I know that that's just not their thing. And that is okay. (laughs) It's okay. But like you said, you can't complain about it. You have to just pivot. You do. Yeah. So the communities are out there. There's so many people out there that are like-minded. There's other mom entrepreneurs out there. So follow Lori on Instagram, Momtrepreneur Planner. We got the momtrepreneurplanner.com. Order your planner because we're still, what is, this is May, but we are still like, we're, we're approaching that six month mark where you can kind of look back over what you've done so far. You should have looked over quarterly, but we're past that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now we're looking forward. So you still have an opportunity to get yourself. Some of us are starting fresh just with Corona and pivoting and everything anyway. So yeah. you have all Lori's information. Thank you so much for your time, Thank Lori. You. This was such a special episode for me. Um, especially right after Mo- Mother's Day. Yes. And you giving <laughs> your time with you being a mom, uh, now mom of a newborn, also yes. <laughs> a second, second child. So I'm very, very grateful for your time. Thank you so much yeah. for all your information. Yeah. This so helpful. I know our <laughs> audience are going to be blown away by all this information. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it more than you know. I know I appreciate our friendship more than you know because it has just helped me continue and know that I am on the right path. And it, it is what I'm meant to continue to do. So I appreciate you for that. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And have a good day. You too.